Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. We move into the final hour of trading on this Friday on track for a losing week for the S&P 500 index. The S&P is now down by four points at 2389, down two-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials slumping 33 points at 20,886, down two-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ trading close to a record 6121 right now. It is up five points, a gain there of one-tenth of one percent. April consumer prices and retail sales reports reinforcing expectations for tepid economic growth, while JCPenney and Nordstrom became the latest retailers to miss estimates. JCPenney down 13.5%, Nordstrom down 10.4%, and Macy's continuing its decline today. It is down 2.8%. A Bloomberg exclusive today as Bloomberg Radio and Television spoke with Charles Evans, the president and CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. He talked about a number of topics, including the uncertainty surrounding fiscal policy. It's difficult to have uh, a strong uh, assumption about fiscal policy, it could be extremely strong if the tax cuts as uh, the Trump administration had proposed in the mm-hmm. one-pager, or if it doesn't really take place, or if something much more muted and it takes longer to implement. So it, there's an awful lot of uncertainty. It's very difficult to put that into any forecast. And right now we do have the S&P down four, a drop there of two-tenths of one percent. The tenure is up 16.30 seconds, looking at a yield there of 2.33 percent. Gold higher by 380 the up three-tenths of one percent. This update is brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. Save money and get a free flight. Uh, get a free gift card. Save money, get a free gift card every trip. Use code BUSINESS and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card the first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. Again, recapping here, S&P down 4 to 23.90, a drop there of two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That is a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Messer and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. If I had ever been it before, I would probably know just what to do. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Carol Master. My co-host Corey Johnson off today live from Mass Robotics in Boston. With me right now are Bloomberg Stocks Editor Dave Wilson. It is that time for his chart of the day. So what are we looking at, Dave? What we're looking at is Snap, the company that owns Snapchat, and how their loss yesterday, I mean, they were down about, what, 21% in the wake of their uh, first earnings report since going public. Well, let's just say that we have been there before, hence deja vu from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. You look at Twitter, which fell 24%. Uh, on the day after its first earnings report. You look at Facebook, which was down about 12%. Hey, you go all the way back almost 20 years, you look at Amazon. It was down about 11% after their results came out. So, you know, you put it together like that, and it really suggests that what we're seeing is not unprecedented. I mean, these things do happen. Now, the chart also shows what happened to Alphabet, the parent company of Google, and how it rose in its first uh, 
day of trading after the initial earnings report, again, after the initial public offering, I mean, not to overuse the word initial, but nonetheless, you know, it shows you that, you know, once uh, these kinds of companies get into the stock market, I mean, expectations build up in terms of analysts and investors of how they're going to do, and then you see the reality, and in many cases it's different, and as a result, uh, you do have to kind of, you know, take another look. Now, I'm not saying that Snap is the next Twitter or the next Facebook or even the next Amazon. You know, nonetheless, uh, you do have to kind of interpret the response to their quarterly results within that context. We've seen these sort of disappointments before. And sometimes companies come back and sometimes they don't, you know, as Twitter's struggles would suggest. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I will get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it. And everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Right, Dave. With Facebook, remember, they came out and their earnings and everybody realized, you know, their lack of a kind of mobile business or mobile emphasis, but they quickly kind of got themselves in gear. Exactly. I mean, they had to turn themselves around and it showed up in the responses to earnings reports as they unfolded. Uh, Then again, I mean, that's not where they started out. And, you know, you had to kind of take that into account as you, you know, decided if you were going to take advantage of that first uh, decline after the uh, uh, earnings report. So, uh, you know, it's a matter of how things unfold, really. It dictates how these companies are going to do. Well, some data points telling us uh, how the economy is unfolding on this Friday. Let's bring in Carver Kadana, our chief U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, who's been tracking the data. We got inflation, retail sales, consumer sentiment. There's a story out there, Carl, that says the U.S. economy is back on track for steady growth, though not much more. Well, that does appear to be uh, the case, at least at this point. So we're going to see this uh, very uh, uh, whipsawed uh, profile for GDP, uh, first quarter GDP, initially reported at 0.7, then revised, looked like it was going to be revised to something even weaker than that. Now we see today's retail sales numbers, and they suggest that uh, we'll be revised back up. So we're still pretty much holding around 0.7. Uh, and then in the current quarter, you're going to see GDP growth on the order of probably uh, three and a quarter, if not better, uh, in percentage terms. So uh, really all over the map here. But uh, when we iron all that out and instead focus on uh, the year-on-year rate of change, uh, you do look to be holding up at uh, roughly 2% GDP growth. So all the same and not much more. However, uh, there's a couple of variables on the horizon which could change that. And one would be... Uh, if we start to get a little bit more wage pressure as the labor market continues to tighten, uh, and two, which there's a big question mark over, uh, would be uh, if we get some kind of fiscal stimulus through either uh, an infrastructure spending package, which I think is becoming less and less likely as uh, controversy swirls in Washington, D.C. There's no controversy, Carl Kadana. <laughs> or uh, if there's fiscal stimulus via tax reform, which would result in a de facto tax cut. Carl, is the economy kind of playing out like you thought it might this year? It is pretty much coming out along the profile. So uh, we'll have to, I mean, my view is that uh, growth will pick up towards the end of the year, whether we get a tax cut or not. 
Uh, so uh, as we stand right now, it looks fine to me. I did expect uh, Q1 weakness, uh, not quite as much as what we saw, uh, but things are uh, pretty much moving the way I thought. And I think most economists are uh, of a uh, pretty much a similar viewpoint here, kind of a, a later year in the cycle. Uh, everyone's expecting, uh, you know, a moderate pace of uh, moderate pace of growth. What will be a little bit uh, unconventional is if if we do see that pickup uh, as mm-hmm. the wage pre- uh, wage pressures uh, materialize. Dave Wilson, after three weeks of gains on the S and P five hundred, we're now on track for about a four tenths of an decrease in the S&P 500. You know, we keep bumping up against 2,400 on the S&P 500. Uh, any other signs that you're seeing in the market that maybe this is it for stocks for a while? Well, the only sign, perhaps, is how close we are to the end of first quarter earnings season. I mean, not a whole lot of companies left to report. I mean, next week we, we do get a number of retailers, uh, Home Depot sort of front and center in that mix. And, you know, then, then you look and, and you've got you know, Staples and uh, L Brands and Target and Walmart. So, I mean, we do have some fairly substantial retail companies to come, plus Cisco Systems. Deer and a few others. Uh, it's really, though, a matter of what is going to provide sort of the impetus for stocks to break out of this range. As I was mentioned earlier, they've been kind of stuck there since the last week of April. Even though we have seen a record in the S and P 500, uh, you know that 2400 is proving to be quite the uh, the barrier, at least at this point. All right. So some earnings to come. We'll watch for those over the next week or so. Carver uh, Gadana, in terms of economic data, what should we be watching out? Just got about 20 seconds. Here. Well, the focus next week is going going to be on the industrial production data, which come out on Tuesday. Uh, We have to look below the surface to the manufacturing data, and we have to look further beneath the surface to see what's happening outside of the auto sector, which seems to be peaking. All right, going to leave it there. Hey, guys, have a great weekend. Carl Riccadonna, our chief U.S. economist with Bloomberg Intelligence, and, uh, of course, our Bloomberg Stocks columnist, Dave Wilson, who will be back a little bit later on with his stock of the day. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. We are broadcasting live from Mass Robotics in Boston. And this is Bloomberg Radio. It is time for a check on your latest world of national news headlines. Once again, Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nathan. Yeah, what stories out of Washington? Sure, Carol. <laughs> Thanks very much. President Trump's personal lawyers say the last 10 years of his tax returns show no income or debts from Russian sources, with a couple of exceptions. The president tells NBC News he had that letter forwarded to Senator Lindsey Graham to prove he has no ties to Russia, as Graham continues investigations into possible Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. Now, Trump ally Roger Stone tells Bloomberg Television he thinks the Russia story was made up by Hillary Clinton's campaign chief. He says there is one story he believes, though, that he was wiretapped. Based on a time New York Times story of January 20th, uh, page one, wiretapped data used in probe of Trump aides, which says so. I think the New York Times is correct in this report. Stone also says Congressman Trey Gowdy would make a good replacement for James Comey as head of the FBI. A White House official says Gowdy is one of nearly a dozen candidates President Trump's considering. Uh, the list also includes Senate Majority Whip John Cornyn. Former New York Police Commissioner Ray Kelly. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is turning his get-tough approach to crime into policy. I have empowered our prosecutors to charge and 
pursue the most serious offense, as I believe the law requires, uh, most serious, readily provable offense. Sessions said more about a memo he put out to federal prosecutors last night at the Justice Department event this morning. Republican Senator Rand Paul and Democrat Dick Durbin, though, say this flies in the face of the bipartisan consensus that nonviolent drug offenders should have reduced sentences. Global News, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries.